This is the first time Kathy and I have met in uh, person, but it's pretty exciting. Uh, we've been co-writers on She Loves for a while, so being up on the stage with her is quite a thrill. I remember my mother telling me, you will never go through anything in your life that I haven't already been through. You know, I've been there, baby. I understand, so you can share anything with me. And I think what my mom meant was that first heartbreak, not making the cheerleading squad, not getting the grade I had really studied for, feeling lonely or being left out. She wanted me to know that she had been there and I was not alone. Now, when I got old enough to learn about the birds and the bees, I figured out an exception to my mother's rule. You see, I am adopted. And so I figured out that when I decide to have my own children the biological way, I will do the one thing that my mother never had to do. And it became a bit of a family joke growing up until I adopted two Burundian babies, <laughs> two beautiful chocolate babies from Burundi, and the joke was on me. Mom was right. There was never anything that, she, that you know, I went through that she hadn't gone first. She totally understood what it was to become an adopted parent. So I stand before you this morning, or this afternoon, rather, as an adopted child and an adoptive mother. Now, we're familiar with the story of Jesus. He is born of Mary, her biological son. And we have all heard of Joseph, who came alongside her, stood in for Jesus. I mean, Joseph. You know, he kind of looked out for Jesus and protected him from Herod's militias. He gave Jesus his name. He taught Jesus his trade, went with him to the temple for holy days. In every way, Joseph was Jesus' father, making Jesus his adopted son. And so here is Jesus, biological son and adopted son. It took me 40 plus years of adopted living to recognize Jesus, the adopted one. To recognize that Jesus was part of the company of the adopted, just like me. And so I've spent the last year rereading the Gospels through the eyes of a fellow adopted child. So I'll share one story with you today. It's in all three of the synoptic gospels, but I'll focus on the version Mark tells. So Jesus is in his hometown, and he's teaching and preaching and healing. Surprise, surprise. And Mark tells us that his mother and his brothers come calling for him. And the crowd reminds him, Jesus, your, your mother and your brothers, they're out there. They're asking for you. Who is my mother? Who is my brother? He asks. And he looks. 
here is my mother. Here is my brother. Anyone who does the will of the Father is my brother, my sister, even my mother. You could, you know, feel how shocked everybody was. Any good storyteller would tell you that this is the moment when the crowd went silent. Any good preacher would tell you how audacious, how could anybody say, especially this time on the Palestinian street, that any other affiliation could rival that of family. I mean, we're talking about bone and blood and clan and tribe. You can't top that. A good exegete might add, well, you know, there was, Jesus had some family conflict. He was pushing back against patriarchy, perhaps, or just giving us a new metaphor for the community of God. A good commentator would say, man, these were really offensive things that Jesus just said. It was really offensive that he would t say to his mother and brother in public that somehow they weren't as important, to downgrade them in front of everybody. But any adopted person would tell you, Jesus wasn't downgrading or diminishing his family. He was describing it. He was widening it a little bit. Anybody in the company of the adopted would know that family isn't only created by biology. Family is not defined by biology, but by belonging. So I never found this story to be shocking. I've never found it to be offensive or crazy or shocking. Now, I get why it should be. I've read the commentaries. I've done my exegetical homework. I've heard many a good preacher handle this text. But I've just always felt really easy with Jesus saying this. I've always felt really comfortable with Jesus throwing his arms open wide and stretching the definition of family to include everyone. And it's only been in recent months that I figured out why. Because Jesus and I are both adopted. We get it. Family isn't about biology. There isn't a biological marker that means you're out and I'm in. We get it. And you know, as a matter of fact, I don't think Jesus' mother and brother were offended that day. I mean, after all, they grew up in the same household under the care of Joseph, right? His whole family was stitched together by adoption. And it didn't make him any less Mary's son or any less the siblings to his brothers and his unnamed sisters. They were a family shaped by adoption. They were all part of the company of the adopted too, his brothers and sisters and mother and father. 
Now, it might appear that Joseph is missing from this text. Maybe he was up in Sepphoris that day working. Most scholars believe that he had already passed on. But I feel Joseph everywhere in this text. The adopted father of Jesus. He didn't just raise Jesus. Joseph shaped Jesus' concept of family. It was Joseph that taught his son that family wasn't in the genes, it was in the belonging. He demonstrated on daily ways that Jesus' sonship meant every bit as much to him as it did to Mother Mary. <laughs> Jesus learned from Joseph. Anyone can be your family, your kin, if you let them. See, I had always thought it was Jesus' divine DNA that enabled him to be such a revolutionary in terms of how he understood family and built community. That it was, you know, his heavenly father that had, you know, given him the ability to do this wild acceptance and this radical hospitality. I don't think so anymore. I really think Joseph taught Jesus. I think Joseph played such a formative role in how Jesus came to experience and embody family. Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Who are my kin, Jesus asks. And I've been known to channel Walter Brueggemann from time to time, so I hear a little bit of Isaiah ringing in my ears. Who are my kin? And if we go back when the, the exile had just ended and the Jews were coming back into a devastated landscape in Jerusalem, they had all these conversations about who gets to be in the new city? Who gets to worship there? Who gets to belong in the new city? And Isaiah says, let the eunuchs in. He says, let the foreigners in. As long as they keep Sabbath and keep covenant, they get in. And let the poor and the needy in. Actually, treat them like neighbors. And Isaiah says that if you treat them like neighbors, they will be as your kin. But the Jews couldn't do it then. They couldn't imagine, they couldn't fully enact bringing in people so different from them into their family. It took an adopted person to do that. It took the adopted son, empowered by the Spirit, to embody the family of the new city, God's kingdom. See, I think that God had always intended for his family tree to not be limited by biology, to not be limited by our nationalities or our clans or our ethnicities. We didn't always get it, but I think he always meant that his family would transcend those things. 
And I think Jesus' formation as an adopted son helped him to get a step closer to understanding that biology is not a limitation to who can be your family. And from there, it was just one step further to be able to say, you all get in. You are all my kin. I can hear Isaiah up there slow clapping somewhere. Somebody finally gets it. We can go to the new city, all of us. So this has been a year of really reflecting for me on Jesus, his adopted status, and what that might mean for us. I firmly believe that adoption is not an afterthought. It's not second best. It is sacrament. It is spiritual formation. And those in the company of the adopted, birth moms, birth families, adopted kids, adoptive parents, siblings, spouses, godparents, grandparents, nieces, nephews, all of us, we have this capacity in us as adopted folks to create authentic community, to pioneer belonging. We know a little bit more about how to build that inclusive new city. You know, Jesus, sometimes I feel like he's looking at me and he sounds a lot like my mom. There's nothing, Kelly, that you have gone through that I haven't been through first, even adoption. There's something about that knowing that that's something that we share. I'm learning that Jesus and me are both part of the company of the adopted, that we know something about how to create community in the new city. And I would say to any of you who are also part of the company, it is sacrament. You have been shaped, and you have a gift to share with your communities and with your church and with a world that is broken and needs to know how to stitch together beyond all of these dividing lines. And I think Jesus shows us the way, in part, because he is the adopted one.